man oh man like whoa this has been a very very interesting year uh well last year was very interesting i mean it was wild i'm not gonna lie you know 2020 was supposed to be like this this start to this great year it was supposed to be amazing but the luck guys just had obviously other plans um you know things were things were going well for me at the beginning of the year and I just started using Unity to make augmented reality stuff, and I was trying to make my first app. You know, I was back to freelancing after I left my job. Uh, I was a personal trainer and a health coach, and you know, I sort of left that to focus on Iltopia and Island Fever and just all the other stuff that I had coming on down my pipeline. And you know, I thought it was just a way to branch out. Um, Mind you, like I was also preparing for interviews for medical school during that time and I was traveling and in my mind, this is going to be my year. Like it really was. I was going to get into medical school. I was going to, you know, get my webcomic up and popping. I was going to have Iltopia make sales and I was going to go through my first convention circuit. You know, everything was laid out for me. I could finally do the convention circuit really that I wanted to do and especially because you know this was a time that I had to uh, go to all the black comic conventions around the around the country um, you know there aren't many around the world and I didn't have the budget for that but like I could do at least like five or six around the country and you know honestly things were on the up and up I finally felt like all the years struggles to, to make ends meet as an artist were, were finally painting off and you know, I see on the cake was that like I started getting freelance gigs from clients that were paying me hundreds and thousands of dollars and, and stuff that like was really worth my time. And, and that was really starting to get really surreal. Like, and you know, things were great. And then, you know, something funny started to happen and that whole thing with COVID. So, you know, it, it really just messed things up to be honest with you. You know, projects started getting canceled left and right, and all the conventions started shutting down. Uh, even the projects and conventions that made up for the cancellations that got shut down initially, those even got shut down. Even all the healthcare shadowing and mentoring work that I did at schools, you know, all of that was literally gone. And so, you know, for me, like that, that's when I hit a valley. Like usually with Eltopia, I'm able to, you know, sell stuff and make ends meet and if I really, really, really need money, like I could go out to a market and, you know, make some comics, sell prints, do that. The crazy thing about it was that like, I was normally used to just like doing stuff in person, especially when it comes to, you know, really making ends meet. And I didn't do any online sales and stuff because I, I really didn't need to. You know, Portland has a great entrepreneur community and because of that, it really allowed me to have that personal touch and, and really be an extension of the brand that I created. And I will definitely say that bit me in the butt because I feel like everything that I was picking up in January and February really fell flat on its face in, in March, April, and May. And, you know, if I was more forthcoming and trying to get on online sales and, and stuff like that with e-commerce, if I would have done that back in 2019, leading into 2020, I would have had a better footing. I probably wouldn't have been impacted as much as I was. But, you know, I was, and that, that, it is what it is with that. 
I mean, to be honest with you, like, the months that I just mentioned, March, April, May, those were pretty much a blur. Uh, no money was really coming in. Like, the money I hoped to have for these projects was not there. I couldn't make sales. Like, I, there were no platforms for me to, like, do things. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I overdrafted my account, like, you know, five or six times just trying to get some ice cream from the mini mart and stuff like that. God forbid trying to get toilet paper and stuff, but just little things uh, really put me at, you know, at wit's end. And I was feeling like, honestly, I was just feeling like everyone else. Like, I didn't know when it was going to be over. Like, I, I just didn't. And, and it was just so unforeseen. And for somebody that was a freelancer at this point, you know, having uncertainty on top of uncertainty, it, it, it was tough. Like, it really was. And... You know, like, you know, what I did know is that, like, because I was, like, sort of hovering around, like, the medical field and stuff, I knew that, like, this was going to, like, this was going to be happening for a while. You know, it was, honestly, it was the start of a paradigm shift that, like, I, I don't think anybody, anybody was ready for, to be honest with you. And, you know, much like everybody else, like, I had to adapt to it. Or, you know, it was just something that was just going to swallow me up. And I didn't want that to happen. And so for me, you know, like adversity has always been something that I had to confront head on. I did it with football, you know, even when like I, I was in a wheelchair and I had hip surgery and, you know, went on to continue playing and ended up doing, you know, playing on ESPN and stuff. I, I did it with Utopia when I couldn't get hired in the, you know, the creative industry. So I started my own business to to operate in the creative industry. And, you know, I, I even did it with, you know, medical school and, and healthcare where, you know, I got rejected twice, uh, yet I still applied and I still started getting the interviews and stuff. So I was make, inching my way towards success. And, and so I, I, I did what I do best. And I really put the pen to the paper and I found ways to overcome these problems the best way that I knew how to. And luckily, I work from home. You know, I'm a freelancer. So... I had the tools available at home, you know, at my computer, at my mic, I had uh, cameras, I had stuff to just expand on, really be creative and in the most wholesome way. And honestly, I really just started grinding away at the ideas that I wanted to see in the world. I was focused more on Island Fever and I started releasing it on Webtoon and Topastic. Uh, I released my Island Fever AR app that allowed you to play around with the characters with the web comics in augmented reality and that you know i would say that being out there and being able to show that and promote that uh was really a, a silver lining because i was able to expand the reach of what people can do with augmented reality and ultimately this you know set the precedent for a lot of stuff you know i, I started the black superheroes matter podcast to help promote black creators in comics and cartoons who are vastly affected by the closures of these conventions. You know, I was one of them. And so I really wanted to tap in with that community. I also continued the PDX Black Rose podcast, which is a way to promote movers and shakers in Portland that are part of the black community that are also disproportionately affected by the closures and everything because of COVID. I even helped start an online learning platform called Mindstream with the nonprofit Irvin Teen, which helps 
black and brown youth learn about the arts and technology while schools were shut down. And I was teaching character design, I was teaching animation uh, and other creative skills that they could pick up while they're sort of stuck at home. Because again, you know, like black community across the board was taking a hit disproportionately and it makes sense, but what do you do about that? And so for me as a creator, I had to, I had to take action. During that time, I started to expand possible avenues into online education. I figured that I knew enough stuff that I could make some money just by putting all my ideas out into the world and educating for money, essentially. Uh, so I started thinking about what my niche would be. You know, I'm a black artist, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a techie that is also trying to get into the field of medicine. I think the biggest thing that people have always been interested in was stickers and my AR stuff. So I essentially started making a whole bunch of tutorials online on YouTube about AR and comics and AR and sticker making. And ultimately, I just wanted to be known as that black comics AR guy on YouTube. That was it. I would eventually make courses on Skillshare and Udemy and have thousands of students across the world and learning from me and I didn't really need any credentials, uh, just an idea and a way to deliver it to the people essentially. And that was it. That was the, that was the goal, you know, make YouTube videos, uh, tell, teach people how to do stuff, uh, sort of be at that intersection of cultural relevance and, and blackness and really pave the way for other creators that look like me. They're also feeling the grunt of these problems as well. And so I did all the research, converted my personal podcast, the Stucky podcast into the Stucky and Augmented Reality podcast. And I set out to do that. I just figured that I could make an impact in a short way by making projects, sharing them on Twitter, posting the process on YouTube, and rinsing and repeating, to be honest with you. If I did that enough, people will catch on. And more importantly, because there's no black people in the AR space doing exactly like what I'm doing, I would essentially stand out. And that, I mean, that happened for the most part. Um, you know, this is, this is where things get interesting. It, I mean, they get really interesting because I felt like January and February were full of optimism. March through May were full of sort of broken dreams and just just grinding away for the most part, you know? Um, and then once June hit, things really started to, like they really started to change. I got rejected by all the medical schools that I applied to, again, making the total over 50 schools that I got rejected from. Uh, from there, I had feedback sessions where they told me that I really needed to reflect on my reasons for going into the field of medicine because they just weren't clear to the admissions committees. And, you know, mind you, in the pandemic, like we're literally in the middle of the pandemic and we're in the middle of this like biggest theme of the year, which is sort of the shortage of physicians uh, in America that are black, you know, shortage of physicians in general. But then when you talk about within physicians, there's even more of a shortage. And then we're a part of this whole civil, like social unrest thing. And just how COVID is disproportionately killing black people. All these things were happening, right? And then I get rejected because I, they don't know why I want to go into the field of medicine. 
and you know it, it it was a point of reflection for me um whether it was whether i agreed with it or not like it was a point of reflection and you know i was i was i was kind of upset you know i i heard that you know especially because of my feedback sessions you know they were in june and the application cycle was starting really like that next week um i i was just i just felt like this was sort of icing on the cake and you know i pretty much put medical school on pause and for the rest of the year that was that was my intention i made a little ar demo using some human anatomy models and, and ground plane tracking and posted it online and then from there people sort of went crazy about it in the in the pre-med chats on facebook and stuff uh and rightly, rightfully so, I think so. Like, not to sort of toot my own horn, but like, this is like innovation. And so it's just like coming up with ideas and I'm creating them. I think for me, the whole ideas of art, technology, and healthcare, they just have enormous potential. But in my experience, talking about them is often difficult. Normally, I get the whole, well, why don't you just focus on art comments or, but I think, you know, I, re I really think because of COVID, people are just, they're really open to this type of innovation now. Uh, more importantly, this gave me the boost that I really needed to reapply this cycle. And, you know, I, I will say that a big, a big factor in me choosing to reapply this cycle was um, my buddy, uh, Dr. Jason Campbell, who, you know, started making waves as the, the infamous TikTok doc, right? And, uh, and I met him earlier that year and he really helped me sort of prep for interviews and stuff. But uh, after talking to him, he, he really gave me the clarity that I needed to focus on my application uh, moving forward. And I pretty much spent the next four weeks putting together a, a personal statement, modifying my extracurricular experiences, getting my transcript from three schools, inputting my 88 grades into, into the AMCAS cycle, and then choosing all my schools. And pretty much life shut down for me that, that month. Like interesting thing about my life sort of shutting down for that month is that in response to the whole George Floyd thing happening and you know, just everything that sort of led to it, uh, obviously social unrest started spreading across the country. And you know, no lie, like it was tough, especially being in Portland because things were really, really playing out in an interesting way in Portland that no one else was doing, right? And before I knew it, like Portland was at the center of all this social unrest stuff. And even our president was sort of name dropping Portland for, you know, frivolous reasons, I suppose. And I really had to sit down and think about what I could do in that situation. And fortunately for me, you know, like my work is focused on exploring the black experience in America. And so I, I really tapped into that essence. And I pretty much made an AR app that put a 30 foot statue of George Floyd in augmented reality uh, because it was COVID, right? Like I found some discrete times to go around Portland and and do a bunch of installations with that model and with that app. And I would like to point out that like, you know, I live about five blocks away from Portland, like the downtown Portland scene that everybody was seeing on the news where, you know, people were getting snatched up and all these different things in downtown Portland. So, you know, I wasn't trying to get arrested and I didn't want any racists sort of like coming at me for no reason. And, you know, then I, I honestly, I just went around, be dis been discreet and I started posting the pictures and the videos of the stuff. And then I also made an online course for people to follow and do the same thing. 
right? And so as I as I finished all that and then proceeded to, you know, apply to medical schools and stuff, I tried to raise money with the course that I made. And, you know, I things I didn't make any money at all. I'm not gonna lie. Like I didn't raise no money, literally zero dollars for uh you know, I just didn't make any money. I didn't raise any money for it. So I, I felt you know, I felt bad. I, I it just sucked, right? And I know you're thinking like, okay, where does it actually get like hopeful and hopeful, right? Um, and it does, you know, for some reason, like I I thought people would really flock to this because, you know, the XR community sort of flocks to things. And, you know, in this particular situation where, you know, I thought I would find that support and I didn't. Ultimately a reflection of the trends and the responses to the movement that people within the industry were sort of having, where they were inadvertently not supporting or they were trying to silence stuff, it, particularly on message boards, right? Like, it's like, oh yeah, we don't care about that stuff. Like, we just want to care about coding and, you know, keep politics out of it. And, you know, like people will try to like passive aggressively, you know, belittle you in, in ways if you try to bring awareness or try to address certain things. Like, why are you silent? And it's like, keep politics out of this. It's like, this is not politics, right? And so, you know, I think it's just reflective of the fact that, like, there's no black people in the industry like that. Uh, or, you know, we're underrepresented in a way that to where you don't feel heard or accepted. And ironically, like, this is where, you know, like, doors really open up for me. Like, this was the moment, like, literally while I was applying to medical schools and, and sort of being disconnected from all this stuff this is when my identity as a black creator in the space really started to pick up you know someone saw my course and referred me to the black realities grant and it's pretty much a grant to support black people telling stories in ar and vr and or xr if you want to talk about it um and i thought this honestly like i thought this was perfect for me like to get the support that like honestly to, like get the support for the things i was doing like it was literally i feel like this was made for me and so I, I, I felt like their whole mission really just aligned with literally like my body of work at the moment. And so I applied, you know, I applied to it, uh, ended up being the second winner of the grant. Uh, I didn't get it the second time, the first time, but I ended up getting it the, the second month that, uh, that they had the grant. And uh, not only did that come, but some cash came with it and also support for my project. Cause I, I proposed essentially Island Fever as the black storytelling experience. And more importantly for me, like, you know, me and the other winner were ultimately invited to speak at the Unity for Humanity Summit, where we spoke about the telling of black stories with immersive technology. I mean, that, like, that, honestly, like, that was crazy because, like, being part of that platform was, you know, that, that's the, that was sort of the pinnacle of success. Like, what can you, how can you get any better than that for, for me being a year into, like, Unity, right? So, like, kid you, like, kid you not. I, I went from opening Unity in December of 2019. It was December 11, 2019. And, you know, I went from there to speaking at the Unity for Humanity Summit in October 2020. Like, that, that's pretty crazy. Like, that that is pretty crazy, right? Like, and so, like, things just really, things started going crazy from there, right? But, like, I, I'm not going to jump ahead, though. Like, June was bananas. June was crazy because like the George Floyd app like put me on the map in the XR Twitter space and people started reaching out to me about stuff, right? I didn't make any money, right? I didn't make 
a lick of nothing, but it put me on the map and it created a level of awareness that I just didn't have for sort of like what I was a, as a creator. I thought it was pretty funny because I set out to do this whole black AR influencer thing on YouTube because it was the path of least resistance, but I didn't realize how quickly things would pick up after posting a few videos, right? So I spoke at the Augmented World Expo uh, monthly meetup in June, and I spoke at uh, the XR Talk and, and got connected with the really just like the uh, a really robust community of, of extended reality like developers and creators. And coincidentally, like a lot of them live in Portland, which is sort of weird. And on top of that, like I got the Regional Arts and Culture Project Grant to work on Island Fever, the Island Fever app as well. So just like more and more things started coming in in the month of June. And like the crazy part about it was it. I was really able to find a community and connect with people in the AR space instead of being stuck at home, like debugging things and going to Stack Overflow and going to Unity forums. And, you know, it, it's I, I ended up connecting with people that really I, I, I followed, I looked up to. And when I first entered the space, I I didn't think I would find that stuff. So, like, it was pretty surreal for me. Like, it was really surreal. I, I it was what I wanted. And so, you know, Juneteenth came around. I was finally able to get the whole small business thing up ticking and. You know, it, it, it allowed me to really get my e-commerce going. And so I, I saw that, like, you know, people were interested in my stuff that I was posting on Twitter. I would do demos and stuff like that with AR stuff. And, and so I opened up the Utopia online store. That was that was something that I, like, wanted to do and needed to do. And so I, I started making a bunch of art prints, products, making AR-enabled products. And, you know, people would buy it. They would buy the books. They would, you know, buy the stickers. They would buy all that stuff, and I was, I was able to make them to order. Like it, it, like business was moving. It was great, and so, you know, I would say that this really validated the stuff that I was doing because I could essentially do demos of the stuff that I was working on or stuff that I was making, and I can make it AR integrated, and then I could sell it online, and and that goes beyond making a course because I, I was able to have a product to sell and I could scale that into a product oriented business rather than just a service oriented business you know like it's it's one to it's great to be of service but you know if you take me out of the situation then like the business goes under and so you know for me just like focusing on the products it it really gave me a healthy spike in the sales during that time and it really allowed me to like get the wheels turning for a lot of things and so for the most part like i was back on the market like this was like it was great and Honestly, like my friend hit me up and he was trying to do a banner and, you know, he wanted it to be like 15 feet long and stuff like that. And and it was really around around the circumstances uh, that we saw, you know, with George Floyd and stuff. And so he hit me up and was like, hey, you know, I see things are going with you. How about we do this dynamic banner and and things will just be, you know, things will be great. He's going to post it on 4th of July. He's going to hang it across his business. He lives in Bend, Oregon. So for those that know Bend, Bend Oregon, like it's, it, you know, things got interesting. I'll just say that. And so pretty much people didn't like the message of the banner. And I'll say that like the banner said, 
you know, all lives don't matter until black lives matter. And then it was sort of poignant on the, the imagery that people were feeling at the time. I mean, it, it's literally like mid-June, July. So like this was the thick of it, right? And so at the end of the day, you know, like people started proclaiming that like the images were racist and this was anti-American. And they proceeded to try to seek legal action to like have the banner taken down and uh, getting landlords involved and stuff like that. And I, I suppose the metric of success for this banner was to gauge how many people would be offended, particularly white people, uh, because it's, it's Bend, Oregon. And I think that, you know, at the end of it, yeah, we had to take down the banner and stuff like that. But we we went into it trying to make an, trying to make a stamp, essentially. And and we essentially did that. And we made an impact in it in a way that was, you know, impactful, noticeable. And so by the by the time the essentially by the time the summer came to an end, uh, things were really on the up and up, right? Like Unity for Humanities Summit happened. Uh, you know that put me and my work on the map on across the globe, really, because it was an international conference. Uh, from that, many people were reaching out to me uh, for speaking engagements and other stuff. I got accepted for a position at the Portland Community College and I accepted a position at Portland Community College to teach and, and build out their immersive storytelling curriculum for it from it. Not only that, but I got an opportunity to mentor a group of black and brown students and, and teach them how to build the very things that I'm doing now. And like literally that's like leveling up like my whole mission with the funding and support that I can get. And so it's a, it's it really put me in a, a very interesting position because I didn't have to just focus on selling stuff, right? Like I am being an educator. I'm being able to directly impact people uh, through the work that I'm doing. And and that that's that's something that I've always, honestly, I've always wanted to have that. Like I've always wanted to have that sort of position and privilege. And, and I do now. Like it's crazy. Like I have it. And I just think it's pretty cool to that. I get to wake up to emails of, you know, PhD programs interested in having me just speak to their students. And, you know, like, I don't have a PhD, so, like, it's pretty cool, right? I have a master's, but, like, I don't have no PhD. Um, and then, like, you know, medical schools, so, like, they've always, you know, like, and then medical school is always there, right? Medical schools always find a way to, like, resurge back into things when like things get busy and so after the unity for humanity summit uh, i started getting secondaries and so like after applying to like 30 schools i got 20 secondaries back and so for the most part like uh those that honestly like for those that don't know how medical school application processes work uh you have primaries secondaries interviews and then decision day and primaries are sort of like a uh, general interest in Primaries are sort of like a general interest application. If you want to go to medical school, you do primaries. You can send them through a variety of ways. They're like USMD schools, USDL schools, uh, Texas MD schools, Texas DL schools, and then there's Caribbean schools or international medical schools. Uh, from there, if you, from there, if a school likes you and wants you to you know look at them further if they want to like dive deeper into you they'll send you a secondary uh, these are pretty much the school specific but 
you know, for the most part, like most schools sort of have overlap in the questions that they ask you. And if you get a secondary, that is, I mean, that's good. That's really good. Uh, interviews are sort of the next phase if you, if they really, really like you. And then by decision day, hopefully you'll have some medical school offers that you can choose from. And most people only get one, but you know, if you have offers, that's great too. And so with secondaries, I had uh, a bunch of help with these and, you know, honestly, like I, you know, shout out to Project Short, shout out to, you know, the, the group of people that I, you know, dream launched, like shout out to everybody that, that really, really helped me because, you know, it, it, they, they really helped me get through this. And, um, you know, for the most part, like I had to, I had to shut everything down for like another couple of weeks. And so, uh, and so it's like, you know, every couple of weeks or every couple of months, I have to shut things down just to, to focus on like the medical school stuff or just the medical school application. And so once the, once the applications were in, uh, I finally was able to finish the project that I was working on that got me into AR uh, specifically. And that was the uh, Flossom Media Augmented Reality Experience. And the goal with that was to find a way to make black stories innovative and immersive. And I found that you know, I found that answer with AR, essentially. I worked on building out the experiences for a while and was able to release the vision into an ex in an exciting way, essentially. Uh, I worked on building out the experiences for a while and was able to release the vision in an exciting way with animation and a whole bunch of different things. Um, you know, with animation, with journalism, with gamification, etc. Uh, in terms of having black people at the forefront of AR, you know, and AR storytelling, like this was pretty much it. Like Flossum Media AR or Flossum Magazine AR, like that is the epitome of like telling hard hitting journalism with black focused stories in augmented reality. Like that's it. That is the creme de la creme. Like uh, that is the, that is the crux of my work up until this point. And, and part of me feels like every project that I worked on really, really focused on my identity as being black uh, in America. Like it, it's like that's sort of the crux of it, right? Uh, I I feel like that mission really, really, just like really spoke to me, and and and, and it's why I do things. To be honest with you, uh, prior to twenty twenty, I felt like I had to explain why I do what I do, but things are just better understood now. For all the bad things that came out of 2020, like this is definitely one of the silver linings of it. Mainly because I, I feel like all the bad stuff that happened to black people this year, anything good that happens, you know, it honestly like anything good that sort of like comes from this, like up until this point, uh, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, society break, getting breaking even with black people for the most part. And, you know, I'm okay with that. You know, more importantly, because things were easier to explain now, like I, I forayed into like grant spaces and stuff. And, you know, I, I got to enjoy the benefits of being a being a creator that that really is able to do things authentically and find support for it. And, and so I pitched a whole bunch of projects and, uh, you know, sought out through a whole bunch of opportunities. And, you know, I, I definitely have to shout out my friend uh, Jen for that because she was really helping me uh, navigate this space as well. But, you know, I was honored to speak to, you know, like things, things were crazy, right? Like, mind you, like I spoke at the Unity for Humanity Summit uh, and I spoke about exploring blackness with the innovative storytelling, right? Uh, 
but not only that, like I was chosen for the Change Maker Showcase for inclusive storytelling. Like Island Fever was like making waves, right? It like it was an idea that I came up with that that just started it really resonated and and it touched a nerve with people. And you know, so like I also spoke at the Augmented World Expo for you know AR for social justice and and that really tapped into like all the stuff that I did with the George Floyd app and course. And you know, I I was on the XR talk and I was featured there where I was talking about like making AR for comics. Like it's like, these were the things that like, I sort of just stumbled into and thought was cool and really explored more and more of it. And I got accepted into the imagination project, which was a three month residency that allowed me to work on, you know, a project with support from creative mornings, Portland and Wacom, which is like, dude, like, I got I got to get support from Wacom and you know for me that loves Wacom products and and essentially just like lives on my on my tablet like this is it was surreal you know with it like I, I did Inktober which is like a 30-day like art challenge based on prompts and you know they gave me a step a sketchbook that I could use for the month of October so I, I did that and and from there I proceeded to work on an animated intro that I'm still working on but uh but this is for my series island fever and it, it's just finding that support to to continue doing the work that i'm doing it, it's it's been crazy right and so during the process like i did lose my my old tablet but um and this is a tablet that i had since 2013 right so like i did pokemon torque team on it literally did every single thing on that thing and so you know when it died like when i lost it it you know like it sucked but you know, I was able to get support to, to get a new one, like an updated one or like a loaner. And then, you know, because, you know, I, I was getting supported by Wacom at that uh, for the program. And, you know, then like more and more things just started happening. Right. Like I got accepted to the, the Jordan Snitzer Museum of Art uh, for black artists uh, for Island Fever again. And, you know, this this is interesting because uh, essentially this is an exhibition that I'll, I'll do with Island Fever for like the demo, like the version two demo in, in 2021, essentially. And it's going to be a, an exhibition, like an art gallery, like a physical art gallery. So like, I, I've always wanted to do one of those where I have pictures on a wall and people see sort of like the chronology of it, but I could do that with AR and the app and stuff too. And then I also got accepted as a winner for the the PDX Cares Capturing the Moment grant. And and that's for the George Floyd Augmented Reality Project, which was the the app in the course on how to make apps just like that. And and this is really to focus on, you know, like being inclusive and being innovative in a in a in a time of strife. And, you know, I was I was accepted into the Portland Incubator experiment as well, which, you know, to make a low cost AR headset that allows me to bring just hands-free augmented reality and mixed reality to mobile phones. And, and this all sort of plays into like this bigger concept of like my vision of like my, my impact from on the industry essentially, right? Cause it's like, I'm creating AR content and I'm creating AR books. And then I'm creating a headset that allows you to experience this AR content in a way that's innovative and that's sort of antithetical to the industry. And I've been able to find support for these ideas. Like it literally came up like this is what happens when you put pen to the paper and you're used to overcoming adversity. Like opportunities just come and, and they did like it, it's it's 
and it's really crazy for me, right? Over the summer, right? Like one of the many projects that like I, I really tried to do was just like level up the book experience, like by integrating augmented reality into it in a seamless way and make, you know, mobile AR headsets, you know, more accessible because nobody has time to, you know, really dish out $5,000 or $2,000 or $500 for a headset that you're, that's only an accessory, especially after paying thousand dollars for a phone already right like why can't there be something that costs like 10 15 dollars that you can just pop your phone in and enjoy the experience like and, and and that's what i set out to do like it's ambitious yes it is ambitious like it's really ambitious but i was able to make like tons of progress with it like i literally literally like made a made it like i, I made it like it it works and you know, more importantly, I was able to find support to sort of like scale it beyond what it what it has. And so, you know, like I, I really hope to have a bunch of new updates for that uh, really soon, especially because I like, you know, I was honored to do a whole bunch of different things. And like, it, it's just pretty surreal to me, to be honest with you. And so, you know, aside from all the, the art and techie stuff that that I've done, because I, I feel like there was just a lot of stuff that happened. Um, I also joined the crew as a as a as a radio co-host. Uh, so with Numbers FM, I, I joined the Rooted Rose radio show with my friend Aria Mormon, and and that's been that's been I mean really great. And you know, mind you, like right now we're sort of shut down, but uh, but we're going to be back on the radio pretty soon. And then I joined Willamette Weekly as a cartoonist for uh, the newspaper with my newspaper comic, A Moment in Utopia. And, and that's, that's really just sort of coming back to the basics where I started this whole journey being a, a cartoonist for the school newspaper. And so now I'm a cartoonist for a newspaper in Portland and people are reaching out to me and saying, Hey, I saw your comic. And it's like, uh, this is pretty crazy. Like, you know, I'm getting published again. And then, you know, more importantly, uh, you know, Pokemon tour team always finds a way to come back, like regardless of whether I like it or not. Um, and so it, it, you know, Pokemon Twerk team went viral on TikTok and it amassed like 34,000 followers and, and millions of views literally overnight. Like I went to bed, I had 4,000 followers. I woke up, I had 34,000 followers. Like that is wild. And literally overnight, I was able to do, be part of the TikTok creator fund and um, started making money. And then very quickly... <laughs> very quickly there was this wave of like black creators that started getting shadow banned on tiktok and i ended up being one of them so that was a uh, that was fun i would just say that was that was definitely fun but you know that that that's just a side project and i'm always just innovating with that and just using that as a as a way to you know just do stuff and so you know holiday season came around Iltopia really just sort of made the mark there. Um, mind you, it's like a modest mark, right? So like, uh, Iltopia ended up like doubling its sales. So last year I had around seven thousand dollars in sales in 2019, and then we doubled it to like fourteen thousand in sales in 2020. So like, that was really really good because I I've been grinding away, and a lot of people that know me like I've been grinding away at Iltopia for the past like you know at least since I've been in Portland, right? So like since 2015. I've been grinding away at it and it, it's I'm glad to see that like I'm starting to make headway with it because you know it's this is the opportunity that like 
you know, I've been using to like sort of get a career in something and uh, when there was no other opportunities. And so, you know, it just makes me feel good that like I'm actually like people find value in it and value in the stuff that I'm creating. And so, you know, for me, like I was featured on like Travel Portland. I was featured on Bill Oregon, Coin6 News and, you know, like my people's market, all these different things. And, you know, 2019, like, it was just interesting, right? Like, 2019, like, I had so much hope. And then at the beginning of 2020, like, all that sort of just went by the wayside. And COVID-19 really showed me that, like, you know, the work that I do with Utopia to, like, create comics and cartoons and, and stuff that's culturally relevant and, you know, tailors towards, like, the black community and, you know, it has a market. And I didn't, I, I didn't really believe that. Like, I believed it, but, like, it was really hard, like, really validate that. And, you know, this year really validated that, you know, there's a market for this stuff that I'm doing. And that's something that I could tap in. I am tapped into and I, I, I'm continuing to grow. And, you know, more importantly, like, innovation through just, like, a culturally responsible lens has, like, it just has a market in and of itself. Like, it, it there aren't many reference points because it's just not, it's... You know, it's a black sheep in many areas, but like culturally responsible innovation is, you know, that's where it's at. And, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see like what this year and like the next couple of years has, because, you know, like right now, like it just seems like I'm just doing things and waiting for the market to catch up to it. And I'm OK with that now. Like it, it's like there's enough stuff happening for me that it's not stressing me out that like, I'm, I don't think I'm going to overdraft my account, you know, at some point next year. But if I do like it, it's, you know, we'll see, like, I'm, I'm really hopeful now. <laughs> On another note, um, uh, me and my girlfriend, we're also foster animals. So if you follow me on social media, uh, you'll randomly see animals that we're taking care of. And so, uh, so we fostered, uh, we foster a lot of animals with the Oregon Humane Society. So if you live in Oregon or if you live in Portland or uh, S Southern Washington or any of those, uh, definitely tap in with them because they are amazing. And so, um, you know, 2020 for us was a big year for fostering animals because we fostered we fostered five kittens. We fostered a cat, a mother cat uh, who had those kittens. Uh, and we essentially fostered two puppies as well and so we amassed like 600 volunteer hours as a foster parents during the pandemic and you know that was that was definitely a good distraction I think I always have anxiety when it comes to animals because I have all this technology and and tools and stuff like I have a three thousand dollar Wacom tablet and the last thing I want is a, a cat jumping on it right and so it, it's you know it it, it it did come with its level of stress, but um, I'm always appreciative of these experiences and opportunities. So, you know, shout out to my girlfriend for, you know, forcing me to go through this stuff because, uh, you know, it does allow me to take a step away from me and uh, and think about other people uh, sometimes, you know, like it, it's 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 good. I really appreciate it. And so, um, you know, like the again, the elephant in the room is like always medical school, right? You know, when it, where is that, what's, where is that going? And so, um, you know, there's been a very interesting increase in interest uh, in 
what I do and as for me as like a potential medical school candidate. So, you know, as an augmented reality developer, as a creator, like things have been really interesting uh, this cycle because I'm sort of having these successes and innovation and I'm creating projects and showing visions come realized. Um, I got four interviews so far and I'm sort of keeping my fingers crossed. Like, like I had two interviews last year. I got four interviews this time. Like, this is great, right? Like, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I really think that this may be like, this may be the year, you know, like I'm, I'm working on projects that I have, you know, one of them in particular is the, this human anatomy project that, um, I'm using like human anatomy models and, uh, mixed reality and augmented reality. And, you know, I, I, I posted a few things about it, but I'm going to be like, you know, working on this a little bit more and, you know, that will be interesting. It will just be a very interesting year to, to see all these things happen. So, you know, like, all in all, like 2020, 2020 was a, like, it was a year. It was crazy. Like it was crazy. Like so many ups and downs, so many ups and downs. Um, just so much, so much stuff, right? Like, you know, like, like family members catching COVID, family members and friends dying from COVID, like, you know, losing money, losing jobs. Like I, I like went through all that stuff, right? Like it's, it, it sucks. And it really, it really makes you like revisit everything. Like, like I, I, one of the things that I tried to do during when the whole lockdowns and stuff started is I tried to like, I tried to be a break dancer and like that mess lasted all of like three, four days. And then, you know, I got distracted and started doing other stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I think 2020 was one of those years that will always resonate with us in, in terms of like the defining moments of our lives. Um, this year, I mean, just this whole event, because we're still in it, but this whole event will uh, forever be that sort of time stamp of like, what were you doing during during the lockdown? And so, you know, what did you do during the lockdown? Like, how did you change during the lockdown? Like, what came out of the lockdown for you? You know, how was your life impacted? And, um, and for me, it's like, you know, this, it took a, like, it's, it's just crazy, right? Like, it, it took a pandemic it took the lockdown and a pandemic for me to find my identity as a young professional and find a career. Like it, it's, you know, like all the stuff that I do, I felt like it was just sort of, you know, things to stay busy, but I wasn't making money on it. I wasn't able to, you know, I wasn't able to do much with it, but make, put videos on YouTube and share stuff. And so now it's like, I, I literally have a career doing this and it like, it feels good. Like, man, like, I am booked up till at least July, June or July right now. And I've never had that level of security that, you know, like pre pandemic, I never had that level of security. Like I'm paying off my credit card debt. Like I'm doing things that I'm able to do. Um, not making a lot of money, but like I'm, I'm, I'm living comfortable, a lot more comfortable now. And I think it's just because it's, you know, I found the support that I, that I needed to, to do things. And I reciprocated it. You know, I, I made the sacrifices on behalf of, you know, end goals that I had a vision for. And so, 
you know, for all those that, you know, stuck around and listened and, and tapped in with me here, like, like 2020, if you guys didn't know, like it, there were so many things that happened in this for, uh, you know, sort of the stuck on an island or, you know, Iltopia and stuff like it, it, there was just a lot of stuff that happened. And I'm really, really fortunate that all you guys were able to, you know, see me on this journey and, and see me get through the year. And so for those that aren't familiar, make sure to tap in with Iltopia, you know, shop.iltopia.com uh, to get your merch, get your AR stuff, get your comics, get your cartoons. Um, you know, make sure to hit me up on social media stuff. I'm always open to just chat with people. Uh, make sure to check me out on Patreon. Check out the podcast. Check out all the different things that I that I mentioned that I'm doing. And, and more importantly, uh, you know, share, continue sharing and being awesome with each other. Like it, it's like I think the the thing about the pandemic and the thing about, you know, the lockdowns and stuff is we realize that, you know, we all need each other to get through all this stuff. And much as like, you know, I need you to continue watching my stuff and, and, and checking me out. You know, I, I need that response and I need I need that inspiration from other people, you know, and. You know, this is the this is the things that really get us through this crazy times that we're in. And so without further ado, I really appreciate everyone for a an amazing year, an amazing year of support and an amazing year of inspiration and an amazing year of determination and an amazing year of just everything that helped me get to the point that I'm at now. And, you know, I continue wanting to you know be of service to everybody by just creating awesome things and uh, inspiring others to you know overcome adversity you know so you know much like what i say with iltopia uh the purpose of my body of work is to uh, educate empower and entertain and if i'm able to do one of those things i'm on the right direction if I'm able, and if i'm able to do two of those things I'm getting closer to my end goal, and if I'm able to do all three, then I would have realized the the mission in its full and authentic form. And so with that, I'll leave you all to it and really appreciate you all. Thanks. I hope that 2021 yields fruitful, fruitful new stuff for us on the horizon. So with that, deuces.